0: Welcome to Wednesday afternoon, a beautiful Wednesday afternoon on Columbo and Katie on one News Talk STL. My watch says it's 72. Oh
1: my gosh. That is the temperature.
0: For the first time Whew. in months. And even in the summertime, this doesn't, this never happens. But, of, Rare occasion today, I was talking to Grace about an hour ago. She was uh, calling me from Florida, where she lives, in Orlando, and we always talk about the weather. Oh, I, you have we to. always ask her if she doesn't beat us to it. What is it? She usually, like, that's usually what she starts every conversation with, is like, showing us a yeah. picture, like, it's a, you know, like, on FaceTime, like... Holding her phone up to this beautiful blue sky and Sunny. then saying it's, you know, 81 degrees or whatever. What's going on there? It's warmer in St. Louis today than it is Orlando. Florida.
1: Oh, my goodness. What is it? in So Florida? for once, I got to win. I won. <laughs> I won today. It was
0: like 65 there. Oh, it yeah. It was like 70 here.
1: But still, man, 72, 60s, golly. That is just yeah. There, there's something so beautiful. That's a big win for me. I saw big win for Tony today. That's a big win. I saw a meme yesterday of like typical Midwest behavior, and like the forecast said we hit 40 degrees today, and and the meme had like two pictures next to it, and was one guy rolling down his windows like, (gasps) and another one like sitting on a patio in shorts and like a short sleeve polo drinking a cocktail when it hits 40 degrees and it's sunny outside, St. Louis, I mean, we act like springtime is here, baby. Let oh, yeah. it rip.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, after what it's been as cold as I mean, we haven't had that rough of a winter. We've kind of gotten lucky this year. But, like, you know, when you do go through a really cold snap. it When it gets to 45, 50, if it's been below freezing for a while, it does feel like springtime. It does feel like Snowed on Friday,
1: seventy degrees. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So uh, hopefully it lasts. Uh, We will, of course, get the weekend forecast from Steve Templeton on Friday afternoon. So make sure you are tuned in for that, and we'll see if this weather will stick around uh, any length of time for us. All right, going to get into some local headlines in 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 a little bit. We're going to talk to Rodney Boyd, who we talk to every Wednesday afternoon, the insider's insider of Missouri politics. We touched on the bill that is making its way through the legislative session right now that would ban mechanics in Missouri from being able to repair mm-hmm. vehicles that have expired tags. It would literally be illegal <laughs> for them to for mechanics to repair to, uh, vehicles that have an expired tag on them. And we got a ton of people. Commenting, reacting. Mm -hmm. So I know that is something that I know that is something that people are very interested in and want to get more information on and figure out, you know, how serious is this bill? All of that. So we're gonna get a full update on that from Rodney Boyd at about 320 this afternoon. So keep it here for that. Also want to touch on some other local issues with him, not only what's happening with the Missouri legislature, but also the uh the I don't know I don't know how well known this is outside of families in the Francis Howell School District, but that's our school district, and they've been closed all week. Due to a technology problem, Mm. computer system issue, and I did get, I got the text from the district just a few minutes ago saying that schools are going to be back open tomorrow. Oh, good, good. Which is a little bit unexpected because we had been told to prepare for the whole week that they were going to try to get back soon goodness. this week, but they said, you know, it may it originally said that we we may be out all week, um, but I haven't seen the most recent email yet with more details because they've been vague. And I know a lot of parents, I know a lot of people in the area, France House School District is a huge school district. This is impacting tons of people, especially parents that we're lucky because we have a teenage daughter mm-hmm. who's also in the Francis House School District along with a first grader. Mm-hmm. So if we, when it happens to us, we don't have to scramble for a babysitter. You know, Maggie just, they stay home together and Maggie's able to. But not all parents have that Not luxury. at all,
1: especially the drop of a hat. I mean, you don't have, there's there's not a lot of people you can rely on. Everybody's pretty much at work. Yeah. So to have something like that happen for almost a week.
0: Not to mention, like that's really just bad. missing school.
1: What happened? It was already
0: President's Day this week, so they were already going to be off on Monday.
1: But uh, okay, so people can't go to school and learn. Well, with a that's and the paper? other thing. That's
0: another great point. Lesson plans aren't like you, you don't can't need, have plans. You don't have Harvard? to have computers to go to school, right? We, We literally didn't have computers going to school when I was a kid. And they have a plan after COVID, you know, I I, I assume every school district came up with virtual learning plans or ways to if the kids can't come into school, here's what you do. And they have a system in place that that is basically just like a, a packet of worksheets. That's all it is. It's like, if you're going to be out... So do that in school. That's it. You're reading my mind. You know what else makes me mad? You're, that's it. Like, if you have these packets and these worksheets, go to school and do those. Go to if, school. If you don't need the computers or anything else, at least then the teachers are there. At least the kids are focused more. Like, yeah. What happened to... It's frustrating. VHS
1: day. You know, what? like, <laughs> what happened to the day when they rolled in the... the I mean, not that it's the best thing, right. but if worse came to
0: worse, probably and we better had, than staying at home, though.
1: Turn on a freaking science, a natural science, geology, whatever. Turn on something about math, schoolhouse rock, and put it on the smart screen or put it on the TV. Kids can still learn. I don't understand what the holdup is. You open can't have a, your tablet.
0: Open up a textbook
1: can't have your tablet so you can't go to school right. that doesn't make any sense to me right hopefully they explain a little bit more in your in a text message yeah, exchange they have email. not
0: and it, i haven't seen the most recent email it, it probably has just been sent because i was just getting the the latest update um but yeah because the, the, they have also not really explained it smells to me like a ransomware attack like we've seen with Remember when the county was shut down recently? Mm-hmm. St. Louis County was shut down. The safety department of St. Louis County was shut down. We've seen cities, businesses. I mean, school districts are not immune to this. Was it a, something like that? Or was this a different type of technology fail that closed the entire district? Strange. I don't know. But we will, uh, we'll bring, we will, we'll, we'll look into that also when we talk to, Rodney Boyd at about 320 this afternoon. We're digging into lots of local issues with him. Uh, all right. I want to move out nationwide with this one. James Biden, the president's brother Mm -hmm. testified today that Joe has quote, never had any involvement or direct or indirect financial interest in any of his business ventures. President's brother arrived on Capitol Hill this morning for a closed door deposition before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees during which he said, quote, I have had a 50 year career in a variety of business ventures. Joe Biden has never had any involvement or any direct or indirect financial interest in those activities. None. He goes on to say, quote, I have never asked my brother to take any official action on behalf of me, my business associates or anyone else. In every business venture in which I have been involved, I have relied on my own talent, judgment, skill and personal relationships and never my status as Joe Biden's brother. I call balderdash. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> There's Day been time. so we we could go on and on. There's been plenty of evidence and testimony that would indicate that James Biden is lying. But for the sake of time, here's just one of those things that I think pretty much proves he's lying. And this was brought up by. Uh, members of Congress in this uh, in this closed-door deposition today. On March 1st, 2018, James Biden wrote a check to his wife for $200,000 labeled as loan repayment. So this is James Biden writing his own wife, Sarah Biden, a check for $200,000 with the title labeled on the check, loan repayment. Mm-hmm. Americorps wired the two hundred thousand dollar loan into James or the two hundred thousand dollars into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business account. And then, on the same day, immediately, James Biden wrote a two hundred thousand dollar check hmm. from his personal bank account, the one where that two hundred dollars had just two hundred thousand dollars had just hit to his brother Joe Biden. Weird. So. James Biden sent Joe Biden a two hundred thousand dollar two hundred thousand dollars that was originally labeled loan repayment, but we're supposed to believe that they never worked together.
1: Yeah, no, nothing to see here. <laughs> Nobody had anything to do with any kind of money. Can I also just maybe say... maybe loaned the
0: money for a, a a new boat?
1: This is this is totally besides the point. But the Biden gene runs so heavy oh yeah oh my gosh yeah jay i know that this isn't really part of the subject but when i was looking no. into this story and i kept seeing pictures i'm like wait is this joe mm-hmm. is this james like th- that gene runs so heavy and then if you look at hunter mm-hmm. i mean it is wild to see how much they all look alike
0: and they all look
1: slimy yes slime ball don't they oh my gosh so skeezy so slimy i mean
0: hunter we've talked about this before it's all like you know some you know some people you just can see it in their eyes
1: oh the twinkle yeah the the
0: hunter just has it joe has it if you, you're so right if you look at these they're, uh, pictures from today he just looks like a guy who's and you know, up all, to no good. They
1: do. And this article, all these articles that I've been going through reading about this story, they all have these side-by-sides of James and Joe. And I am like, my God, th- it is just like you can completely tell that they're related. But I also think now, now we see this kind of step that's happening. We also heard from Hunter way back when... That he was the person footing the bill for the entire family. He was the guy that was dealing out the money Mm -hmm. for Joe and for everybody else, for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's called Biden in that family. (laughs) What role, money-wise, does James and Hunter and Joe now play together? I'm wondering if, you know, does, does...
0: well, James and Hunter were together in a lot of these business dealings right. that were all hinged on access to Joe, Joe Biden. Biden.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering with this trail that we're seeing now of receipts, where when is it going to when are we going to see that cross <laughs> between Hunter and James? You know, when are we going to start seeing receipts yeah that have to do with them. I mean, a lot of Joe. that's
0: already there. But it's—I mean—that's the biggest question of this whole thing: Is anything going to really happen? Is there going to—I mean—it's—it's it's all there: a lot of evidence, a lot of witness testimony, a lot of stuff in the memos, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of smoke, yeah. which probably means there was a raging fire, but. Is anything really going to happen? Is anything really going to come of this? How did that's it not come to question. the light
1: of day until now, Joe? Yeah,
0: That's the big question. So we we will see. But it was not a good look for the president's brother. I will say, James Biden, uh he does as much as he does look like Joe, and he is a little bit younger, he's like 74, 75, yeah. it something looks
1: like, like that. A hair younger.
0: Yeah. But he's he's the lights are on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Someone no is home. But you can <laughs> Like, oh, this is what it would look like if Joe Biden still had a brain. That is true. (laughs) That's true. There is an evolution between them. Alright, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Rodney Boyd at about 3.20 this afternoon. We're going to have some fun with our buddy Mark Close from KC95 and Jonathan Heslop from Capriotti Sandwich Shop in Rockwood Charcoal. They are going to be here for Close's Cabinet at about 3 o'clock. In the meantime, got a lot more to get into here. Donald Trump last night revealed his vice president shortlist. It's like a half dozen names. I think some of them will not surprise you, but I think some of them will surprise you. Mm -hmm. We'll let you know uh, who those folks are. Plus, Joe Biden just canceled another $1.2 billion in student debt. We'll give you those details as well as we go through a busy Wednesday afternoon on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. Welcome back to Columbia and Katie on 119.94 Talk STL. Last night, Donald Trump was on Fox News, and he confirmed a handful of names that he is considering to be his running mate. Those names include... Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Senator Tim Scott, multimillionaire biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, South Dakota Governor Christine Noem, Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, and former Democrat turned independent former Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii. That's interesting, right?
1: I this is where I think Trump is using that media expertise. It could be,
0: true, it could be. He said that all are on his shortlist to be vice president, and quote, honestly, all of those people are good. They're all good. They're all solid.
1: They are solid, but this, I see. This is where Rob Cardi, Cardi, well, Rob Cardi B <laughs> says, Rob on Cardi B. B Said on Monday is true that <laughs> the I Rob d- Cardi <laughs> show. the Rob Cardi B show. <laughs> I, I forget that he that Trump. This is his calling. It, the media and the stirring of the pot is Trump's true calling. Okay. And I hear so you things don't believe like that this.
0: you don't believe that all of those people are truly on his shortlist.
1: And I hear things like this, and I think fifty percent of those names are true. Okay. But then there's 50% of the names that are absolute no-nos, but he understands this'll this'll get people stirred up. There is no way Ron DeSantis. That's the name. Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. To me, that I'm
0: like, Ron DeSantis. Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, in practicality, that there is no chance that Ron DeSantis is going to be vice president. But not because Donald Trump doesn't want him to be, or he wouldn't be on Trump's shortlist. I don't think Ron DeSantis has any interest in being Donald Trump's vice president. So I think it is unrealistic, but I'm not sure that if it was just up to Donald Trump that he wouldn't have DeSantis on his shortlist.
1: See, why I think that Trump just says things like that is because there's no way he'd have a big per I mean, despite the campaign that Ron DeSantis led, unfortunately.
0: There, well, DeSantis would have to. There
1: is no way he'd want another big personality. Well, he'd
0: have to be he he'd have to bow down. Bow down, right? Which is part of the reason why I don't think he would do it. And I think that that's why. Trump But if is he being bowed being down, snippy. I think Trump would. Yeah, I think he'd have him. I think if 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 Ron DeSantis all of a sudden started praising Trump, Donald Trump's campaign and everything, I, that Trump would embrace him in a heartbeat. I do. I I agree with that. I just but think DeSantis that But DeSantis is not going to do that. And
1: I think Trump knows DeSantis won't. So he no. says things like that, knowing that DeSantis is never going to do it, knowing that that's not- Neither the is Tulsi Gabbard, by the right, way. Right, right. These are- the, And this is why it's a media machine, because he's like, I'll throw the name out there. I'll throw the name out there, and we'll see what sticks to the wall. It's like the, the finished spaghetti noodle that you throw to make sure- <sighs> that you can eat it and it's all good. This is what he's doing with these names.
0: What about those? What about the other one? What about I, I, every other one, though, I think is legit. Tim Scott, yeah. Vivek. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be Vivek, but I do I do believe that he's on Trump's list of people to talk to. Christy Nome, I definitely believe she's on the list. Byron Donald, I definitely believe he's on the list. Yeah. The only two on there that I think are unrealistic are DeSantis and Gabbard. I think the other ones, there's all a... There's all a possibility. I don't I I don't I don't see. I think Vivek's a long shot. Yeah. But I think Vivek will be a part of the administration (laughs) in some way. Yeah.
1: In some way. Just like
0: I think Tim Scott will be whether he's whether he ends up being vice president or not. I think Tim Scott is for sure going to be a part of this of this of Trump's cabinet.
1: I'm just so interested. I think I understand name dropping would be a question That would happen during this town hall. Absolutely. But I wish Laura would have asked him, what are you looking for
0: in a vice president? Because that to me is interesting. He did answer that. Somebody did ask him that a week or so ago. And the answer was interesting because it like the first like the number one criteria was like loyalty to Trump. Like, of course. It, wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. somebody who's strong on the border or totally. somebody who's a policymaker. Like, <laughs> it's like, they've got to be loyal to me. I mean, that stuff was there, but it wasn't the number one. It wasn't
1: first. It just shows you that just like <laughs> that will never change. That will never change. And that to me is such a crippling personality trait from that man. It's just to me, it's so crippling that the, his first answer would be, right. you got to be loyal to me. And I do like Vic and Ken, if they were in this room right now, they'd be like, well, look at the administration that he ran. Everybody. There were so many leaks and people weren't loyal to him.
0: And turnover. And, and
1: I get it. I get it.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of that was his fault. A lot of those were people he picked.
1: He picked. And they had a disagreement. And yeah. then it was off with your head. Yeah. But there are names on there that I think are totally plausible. And why I why I wanted to uh, why I want to know what he's looking for in a vice president is because I feel like we then we would be able to determine so much more if it would be someone someone with a demeanor like Tim Scott, yeah, or someone with a demeanor like Byron Donalds. Mm-hmm. Because right now I am like, what? I don't know. I don't know who would blend well with Trump. I don't. I, know. I think
0: Tim Scott would. I really do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tim Scott go-
0: would bring that that moral center Maybe that Mike peace. Pence brought. But some in a peace. different way, yeah. Some peace. Some... Levelness. Like, foundation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think he would fit well. I think Byron Donalds would fit well. I think Byron Donalds ha- has... And for different reasons. Yeah. Like, Byron Donalds is a is a no-nonsense, feisty fighter. Mm-hmm. He's not been a, in politics for decades like a lot of other people have been. So he's still got that outsider mentality at least you know more than more than your average politician so i could i could definitely see that again i just don't i just don't think vivek is I, he'll he'll be somewhere in the cabinet you know <laughs> you know who i thought of it was probably heartbroken when they read this list Who? Doug Burgum.
1: Oh yeah, Doug. (laughs) Golly, I like that guy. I
0: do. He is just (laughs) I don't I don't I just don't care about (laughs) I don't care one way or another. But he's been he's been he's been riding he's been ride or die with Trump and Trump's been pumping him up. (laughs) What about me? He didn't make the list. I
1: also think I I don't want this to be a knock on Tim Scott or Byron Donald or any of them. But I also don't think Tulsi Gabbard would bow down. I think she is also someone that is like... I agree.
0: Totally mm, agree.
1: I mean, besides
0: just wickedly different policies on what they would come up with. We've talked about that before. I just The the whole idea of like, oh, find a Democrat to to run with a Republican or find a Republican to run with a Democrat and now you've got a perfect ticket. No, you don't have a perfect ticket. You have dysfunction.
1: Yeah. And and no one coming to a conclusion. Right. But her personality too... I think that she is just, she's got a military mind. Mm -hmm. She is also no nonsense, but I think she would also be very okay with having many disagreements. I like her. I like her.
0: I disagree disagree with a lot of things, but I agree with a lot of things uh, when it comes to Tulsi Gabbard. And I am glad that she has remained relevant and her voice is still, you know, holds some cachet. But no she's be. not the she's not the vice president. another person who's not going to be vice president is Nikki Haley. Trump <laughs> Trump confirmed in this same conversation, that Nikki Haley is not being considered for vice president. Haley, uh, also, so this all happened last night. Trump did this. They both had campaign rallies last night in South Carolina. Trump did this interview where he's talking about vice presidents. Nikki Haley was at a different event, campaign stop in South Carolina last night, and she insisted once again that she is not leaving the race. She said, quote, I refuse to quit. South Carolina will vote on Saturday, but on, but on Sunday, I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. And then she later added, I have no fear of Trump's retribution. Donald Trump was asked about that exact statement and he responded, not necessarily to the Trump retribution part, but to the, I refuse to quit. South Carolina will vote on on Saturday, but I'll still be in the race on Sunday. Trump was asked about that statement and he responded, quote, you're not supposed to lose your home state. It shouldn't happen, hmm. and she's losing it, bigly. Bigly. She, he, bigly. He, he worked in. The, he, 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 I love it. He always, if he can get it in the bigly, he'll get it in. <clears throat> Again, quote: "You're not supposed to lose your home state. It shouldn't happen, and she's losing it bigly. I don't think she knows how to get out. She just can't bring herself." To get out of the race. Mm. So...
1: Yeah, that relationship, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's keeping her in. I don't know what's keeping her in. I keep thinking about this. Money.
0: Money's the only thing that I can think of.
1: And I don't know where... You asked this question, I think, to Crane yesterday. I don't know where she's going to go. I could see her doing the Chris Christie route and maybe... Being a pundit on the the CNN or MSNBC or whatever, one maybe one of the. I mean, Fox News seems to love her too. They always have Nikki Haley on talking about interviews, whatever. I just don't know where she goes after this. I don't know why she is still in. I I don't get it.
0: <clears throat> well, I, I think it I think it has to come down to money. If she's still making money, if she's still getting campaign donations.
1: That's From the, who, that's I too?
0: Right, that's a good question. From who? It's a great question.
1: Like, who is looking at I, the polling you know and the what? data?
0: The anti-Trump Republicans, which is a minority, but they are passionate. And she's their only... Person. It's the same 5% that Chris Christie was getting. It's not many, but they're passionate. And don't and they, and they so see this data? Her, don't they yeah. see
1: the data and they're like... Dang. I think
0: she's. I think it's just like it's a principal thing. Yeah, yeah. Just stick it to him. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's do this next. So uh, Joe Biden just canceled another one point two billion dollars in student debt, and right on cue, we were just talking about. The Air Force One steps. We were talking about it with Rob Carter. We were talking about it with Virginia Kruda from the Daily Wire. hmm I don't know, was this yesterday or today?
1: Uh yeah, okay, yeah. Do
0: you know? It was Looks with like the it steps? was Yeah, today. Yesterday. Okay. Was it yesterday? Yeah, okay. I think it was yesterday.
1: He tripped over the steps. It was yesterday. They're like, What <laughs> He tripped
0: over the steps. The kid steps. Yes, the He's kid steps. He's going up the kid steps mm-hmm. of Air Force Small. One. Yeah. So, we'll tell you about that. We'll fill you in on this uh, latest cancellation of student debt. Plus, we'll open up Closest Cabinet at 3 o'clock. Dr. Rodney Boyd at 3.20. Don't go anywhere. It is Columbo and Katie on one News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on one News Talk STL. Going to open up Close's Cabinet, have a little fun with our buddy Mark Close from KC95. And uh, of course, Close's Cabinet is brought to you by Weber Chevrolet, but Skip Weber is unable to join us today. So Jonathan Heslop from Capriotti Sandwich Shop and Rockwood Lump Charcoal is going to be a part of. Closest cabinet mm-hmm. at three o'clock, so that'll be fun. Then we will get you updated on everything happening here locally, specifically in the legislative session in Jeff City. When we talk to the insider's insider of Missouri politics, Rodney Boyd at three twenty. You said that we we saw it yesterday when we touched on it, and it I mentioned at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. the bill about uh, about banning repairs on. Cars that don't have uh, updated tags mm-hmm. or have expired tags, it would be illegal for mechanics in the state of Missouri to work on them if this bill goes through. We got tons of reaction yes. yesterday. We've already had people
1: we've got great going comments at it right today. Now yeah, commenting from on Amy, it today. Linda, Scotty, and if you guys feel like you want to comment too, please feel free on our yes. social media Facebook, Twitter, Rumble. Comment. We can look at those comments. We'll see them. We could. Possibly read them. We'd Definitely. love to hear you guys' input. It simple.
0: is the best way to interact with the show. Mm-hmm. To to on one of the live streams, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, whatever, Twitter. Um, yeah, just comment, question. It's the best way to interact with the show and uh, follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Tony Colombo Talk and Katie's at at KFitz Talks. Mm-hmm. I ran out of letters, so I had to stop at Talk. Yeah, that last at name Tony of yours. <laughs> All right. Joe Biden just canceled another $1.2 billion in student debt. The White House announced today that President Biden has canceled one, another $1.2 billion in student loan debt for more than 150,000 borrowers. This happened earlier than expected. He was, this was a, a executive action that he was planning to do this summer. But sort of just caught everybody off guard today and signed the executive order today, which has activated a savings on valuable education plan policy. The save policy Mm. that cancels debt for enrolled borrowers who have been in repayment for at least 10 years and hold $12,000 or less in student loan debt. Those with larger debts will receive relief after an additional year of payments for every additional $1,000 they borrowed. The White House released a statement about this today saying, quote, this shortened time to forgiveness will particularly help community college and other borrowers with smaller loans and put many on track to being free of student debt faster than ever before. Under the Biden-Harris administration's save plan, 85% of future community college borrowers will be debt-free within 10 years. Biden has now, you know, that's the end of the statement. I'm moving on. Biden has now unilaterally wiped out nearly $138 billion in federal student loans for almost 4 million borrowers without a single act of Congress. The student loan bailouts, of course, come after the U.S. Supreme Court blocked their uh, original debt consolidation or cancellation plan last year, which would have cost more than $400 billion. So this executive order today canceled another $1.2 billion in student debt. It impacts 150,000 borrowers across the country and brings his total to... Nearly $140 billion of student loan debt wiped out for almost 4 million borrowers in the country, all on executive order with a a pen. Mm -hmm. Not a single vote of Congress.
1: I think, although this was a random day to do it, this year was obviously not random right because that is right he's got to have one success he has to have one thing that has worked out that he promised that would be favorable to him specifically with the younger voters there he's losing every demographic known to man nobody is raving about policy white house presidential anything they, no one has anything good to say the win that he's going to get is with the younger voters in this instance. And it's going to be because he can do it because mm-hmm. it's an executive order. It's mm-hmm. that simple to do. Mm-hmm. And that is painful to realize mm-hmm. that it's and, that
0: easy. And what's so, what's going to be so funny and hypocritical is that the second that Donald Trump gets in office and starts writing executive orders, the media and Democrats, are going to start freaking out and saying, this is not how the country is supposed to be. This is not how it's set up. The president is not an emperor, is not a king. They shouldn't have unilateral power like this. This has got to stop. But nobody is saying any of that right now. This is just like, if I didn't talk about this today, have you seen it anywhere else? No. That he did this today? No. Another $1.2 billion of student loan, loan debt just wiped out? It's not even they're not even they're not even reporting the story, let alone the fact that it's once again just an executive order. It's just Joe Biden acting singularly to you do know, this. That,
1: whenever you're talking about Trump and executive orders and such, I remember in our old studio, CNN keeping some kind of tally on how many executive orders Trump had and did throughout his presidency it's weird that all of a sudden i yep. don't know how many executive orders biden has
0: i guarantee I, no i don't i mean i don't know for sure but i am fairly confident in saying that it's more than trump because trump went into his presidency with the idea of it was going i think it was going to be he was going to do one for every two that barack obama had yeah because barack obama did a ton yeah he went in with the Express plan to not do as many executive orders as, as previous presidents. So, I I don't know what that final number was, but I bet I bet Biden has done it more than than. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm distracted by Jonathan Essel. he has up. sandwiches. They're gonna sandwiches! Be so good. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but I, I I I bet that his I bet that Biden is abusing it more than than Trump did. You said you had a uh, complimentary yes. story to this, so.
1: This is an interesting story, and I it is from someone from the New York Post, so it's, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of editorial comment in there mm-hmm. you'll see. They started their name is Ricky. They start out like this elite higher education is a hot mess, but at least someone in the belly of the beast is trying to change that. As campuses explode with bigotry and illiberalism, Yale professors are banding together to form a coalition defending academic freedom and free speech. They're the latest to join a growing movement across the country. Faculties at Columbia, Dartmouth, Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, Princeton and the University of Chicago have all formed similar groups over the past. Over the past year, excuse me, the latest initiative out of New Haven called Faculty for Yale has garnered the signatures of more than 100 professors who agree that Yale must redictate itself into its fundamental mission to preserve, product, Produce and transmit knowledge. The group is calling for a reaffirmation of free speech principles. Greater transparency from the administration and institutional neutrality. Faculty for Yale. Ins- isn't all these big words. Mm. Faculty for Yale insists on the pr- the primaries of teaching, learning and research as distinct from advocacy and activism. So trying to make that distinction between those two things. Faculty for Yale is calling on the school to cease making institutional statements about contentious social media or political issues okay great a hundred plus yale professors signed up to protect free speech that sounds great on its face but tony why i brought this up and why i think it's an issue is because nobody started to talk about free speech until we started to see pro hamas rallies happening at universities
0: it's a great nobody
1: point. started to talk about how important free speech was and how much we need to protect the students and have open conversations. They didn't do that when Ben Shapiro came to try to speak. They didn't do that when Riley Gaines was trapped in hallways and being pelted with objects and harassed and literally couldn't make it off of the campus. But now pro Hamas groups are starting to swarm in masses, making chants river to the sea and all of a sudden free speech is a priority weird how something weird. like that starts to happen and
0: also of the, as you're reading that i wrote down a couple of, of little notes like of the words that you that that that, that article said institutional neutrality mm-hmm. like it this is a bizarro world for us it's the it's the frog in the boiling water like you don't know your Boy, you don't know you're cooking because it's a slow process. But if you were to just, in a snapshot, look at colleges or the college campus vibe experience across, like college campuses were are supposed to be the bastion of free speech. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be you know like where every you know you're 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 allowed to debate whatever point, whatever side you're on politically and things like free speech on college campuses or institutional neutrality would be common sense the way it should be. But now it's a, now it's shocking news. Yeah. When yeah. we talk about professors, that we have to, that we have to, we have to create a movement to, restore free speech to college campuses. It's crazy how far we've come.
1: It is crazy how far we've come and again I just go back to the, what about what about students that were ostracized because they wore a Make America Great Again hat on their college campus. Where were the people when these institutions had a strong stand when Trump was president and they made sure to write newsletters and emails to the staff and to the students about how they felt about Trump? Where were you? Mm -hmm. It just, okay, maybe it just, maybe it did come to this bubble and all of a sudden it hit this precipice where they're like, now we really have to be advocates for free speech. But free speech that is most important when it's supposed to be very difficult, not when it's supposed mm-hmm. to be very easy. Yeah. And all of this time has been very difficult for these students that are just trying to advocate for free speech. And now all of a sudden it's an easy feat because Trump is not in an office and because things aren't, you know, things are peachy keen jelly bean in your eyes. Yeah. And now we have to be advocates for free speech.
0: And college campuses used to be the place that people were chomping at the bit to debate various political points yes i mean it's supposed to happen across the country but especially in college you'd have you know controversial speakers come and speak on different topics and you'd have college kids (laughs) groups debate teams you know excited again chomping at the bit to debate their point and represent both sides and go at it and argue now it's not not only do we not debate it it's banned. We don't even let certain view. You don't even let a conservative Riley come Gaines. speak on Yeah, we can't even say come anything. speak at a college campus. It's
1: it's crazy. We can't say that girls need to use the girls' bathroom and boys need to use the boys' bathroom.
0: I know who can restore some sanity to this starved nation. Who's that? Mark Close from KC ninety five. The only man. I also know somebody who can fix anybody who's starved right now, and that's Jonathan Heslop, who Mm -hmm. has sandwiches out there as we speak. Jonathan Heslop is going to join us for Close's Cabinet with Mark Close from KC95 next on Cullum Moon Cave.